0: A podcast about amazing people from an incredible state. Amazing Arizonans with Mike Broomhead.
1: Another edition of Amazing Arizonans. There's no way we could ever do this without John Holmberg from KUPD. I have to say that that is a lie. That's not true. uh, Here's the deal. (laughs) I would have have asked you first, but I didn't know that our companies would let us do this together. Oh, yeah.
0: Why wouldn't they?
1: Well, uh, you know, the old way of doing things was that you don't say the other radio stations numbers or talk about them, but you talk about us. We talk about you a lot. I know you do. Let's start there. Um, Jim Sharp takes
0: credit (laughs) for your start in this business. To a degree. Absolutely. Jim Sharp was, uh, we worked at a radio station called The Zone. And I, I just started, and Jim was the afternoon guy, and I was doing stuff in the middle of the night, but I was hanging around, mm-hmm. and Jim, uh, I was introduced to Jim, and I asked him a couple questions. He said, well, put together a tape, and I'll air check it, and so he did, and the first thing he wrote on the top of the uh, page was, uh, was vulgar, uh, that's Jim, if you know him, mm-hmm. and it said something like, don't give up about what they think, and then he wrote down things that i could do differently and he goes but keep this in mind it's yours shoot your own bullets and that was the phrase i still say today always shoot your own bullets take take advice but nobody really can fix you you know nobody can say this is how it's done it's up to you and so i kind of took that and jim uh i don't like the word mentor yeah but jim was definitely somebody that i was like cool thanks for my first push did he Did you work on his show? I did eventually. I I did a bunch of different odd jobs at the station. I was was that annoying kid. It doesn't exist in radio anymore. The kid that's hanging around. Yeah. That guy. I was the guy that's like, you need me to do it, I'll do it. And I didn't even know if I didn't know how to do it, I would do it anyway. Isn't it interesting that that's how I excelled at any job I've ever been
1: in was if the boss asked me to do it, I just did it. You just did it.
0: Because I love doing it. Yeah. And then you realize something very important. The boss isn't sure how to do anything because he'll put somebody in there that just seems like they're doing the job. And then you just figure it out or you don't. Isn't it
1: the weirdest industry? Because I grew up in construction.
0: So uh, I worked in
1: restaurants like you did when I was young. But then construction, 18 years old, starting. I learned from the guys that went from being an apprentice to being a journeyman to being a master to being a business owner. So the owner of my company was an expert at being an electrician. Yeah. It's the exact opposite in this business. Yeah. <laughs> if they don't make it on the air, yeah. they make them a boss. Yeah, I, I, I mean that respectfully to the, no, my bosses that will no, watch don't. this. You, but, know, you, know. Yeah, but
0: you Am I wrong? No. It's exactly how this business works. I call this business, uh, it is the ultimate example of uh, attrition and failure combining <laughs> it to <is>. advancement. <laughs> it is. I've never seen... An industry that celebrates a resume the size of a phone book more than radio. Right. Which means, and every time it happens, they're like, I'm like, you've been fired from this many places. They don't like when you ask it that way. They like it when you're like, look at all the places I've worked. Look at my experience. And I'm like, right. your experience is you last 18 months everywhere and get fired. And some or another, you get a new job out of that yeah. that's better than the last one. Mm-hmm. And it's a crazy job of that. Um, and once you kind of realize that the imposter complex that exists in all of us, probably exists most in entertainment. And yeah. radio still is that, I guess. Yeah, it is. Um, it, it, then you kind of relax a little going, that fear I have of somebody walking in the room going, that guy doesn't know what he's doing, exists with everybody, especially management. because it's it still happen, actually to happen, happen to you? To them. Oh, I have it every day. Me too. I'm scared to do Every it, yeah. day. Because I'm afraid I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, nothing I've done has been because there was some template in place. Right. Yeah. I,
1: never have I thought... I've got this. No, <laughs> I, I I used to say I I use my stupid last name, my real yeah. last name, because I never imagined there'd be any success where yeah. I'd have need
0: a radio name. Same. I, well, I used to joke that people ask me, it's like, "Is like Holmberg your real radio name?" Like. No, it's it's a fake name. My real name's Drake Midnight, but I thought <laughs> more consonants was a good idea. Yeah, Holmberg was not right. It, it doesn't pop off a billboard.
1: I've had people ask me, "Is that your real name?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Would I make up Broomhead yes, you would. for the radio?" Broomhead
0: sounds like an '80s morning zoo name. It, it, oh, it does. It's Broomhead and Floorway. <laughs>
1: Uh, Glenn Beck introduced me one time on his show as Ooh, my feet, you hit of, my foot with
0: that name drop. Yeah, nice drop. With,
1: with one of the one of the most talented guys in talk radio with the dumbest name in the business. <laughs> That's how he introduced me.
0: It is both memorable and dopey. Yeah. Like before radio, it's a and, normal
1: name and it's spelled broomhead. I mean, yeah. it's just like it sounds. And yeah. when I moved here, I would go to rodeos and people thought it was a Native American name. Oh. Because there's a family in Arizona named Bruised Head. That's a rodeo family. Many Goats is a pretty common name.
0: Wouldn't that just, the kid they named Broom Head. Yeah.
1: They thought I showed up and they were like, oh, we thought you were going to be native. And I'm like, why? And they said, because of the last name. (laughs) Because
0: you had a broom-shaped head. Yeah, right. It is a weird name to pop with, but who cares? Your name is the last thing that matters. How many radio stations have you been with? Two. Two. Me too.
1: Yeah. I've only been in two. And yep. you, we both know people yeah. that have been at a dozen. The gypsies. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I could never can imagine. You still say that? Is that a thing yeah. people can... Okay, good. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I,
1: I could never move across the country
0: oh, no, for a job. Well, see, I've had opportunities to go. Um, I think the beauty in radio, and you do a great job of it, and I listen to you a lot, is is the locality of it. And I think the key, like I always laugh when somebody new moves to town, grabs hold of the sports team, starts talking about stuff they just found out about as if they're giving you that information. And I think the beauty of it is guys like you who know your, you find your spot and fall in love. Mm -hmm. Like I think I love Arizona. I love Phoenix. And it's not one of those weird, like golly, I I just really like it Mm -hmm. here. And I go to other places. I've lived in a lot of places and I just found this to be home. So when I've had offers to go somewhere else, I don't want to do that. I don't want to leave the place that I relate with everybody else. I feel like I'm one of the people that I'm talking to. Like we all kind of have right. the same thing. And radio's beauty is its locality. If you go chasing, you're going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. And there's no authenticity to what you do. And I, and I and unintentionally authentic because I know this place so well. And so it's easy for me. It's comfortable. And, again, there's that's an insecurity probably more than anything else. But
1: and it's comfortable. F- from a listener's perspective, because I listen to you guys a lot – it's, it feels like I'm in on the inside joke yeah. because you're joking about the local community right. or you're, you're, you're telling jokes about locations or making comments about where you ride your bike and are running from certain people on the trails. And we're all familiar <laughs> yes. with that happening in those
0: trails, you it's know, far too often. If you ask me that yeah. I've had to abandon bike, but yeah, it's a fun place
1: when you make fun of Siders, Yeah. Even the Westsiders get the joke.
0: They know. Right. They're they aware know. they're Westsiders. They know where they are. Yeah, we have to. And then they, I'll get occasional emails going, you know, my section of the West Side's nice. And I'm like, well, I have to drive through so much garbage to get to you that I'll never know. And then they <laughs> right. laugh about it. It's, it's all, and I think that's the fun of it. You become comfortable shoes because you're part of the community. You're, they know you're not pretending. You're not trying to win them over. You're in it. We're all in the soup together. And I'm, I, you know, somebody diving in new that tries to tell you how things are around here comes across poorly. And you just realize they'll be here for 10 months. Because we've seen it. Radio's done that, too. And again, failure of management. Radio's done that where they try to shoehorn somebody in and say, just be part of the community right it, you either are or you aren't you can't force that and some people do a great job of adapting but i think that's the, the because they like it here for real and it takes
1: a long time uh i moved here in 1995 and never even considered radio and that didn't start for me until 2005 yeah. at, even at the beginning stages so i was already invested in the community but i listened to people like you and and you know tim and willie because of yeah. my i know we both have a big love for country music
0: oh huge <laughs> i huge i so, love country music mainly because the people who listen to it are so easy to rob, <laughs> <laughs> they're easily fooled people. It's when I so... hear
1: you in the mornings, it's the one time everybody has that moment where they want to yell at you, yeah. And that's my that's moment yours. Is, is when right. you start bashing country are music. Are you a big country music fan? I'm a huge oh. old country
0: music I'll talk slow. I don't, I'm, I'm not sorry, a, and use I say it every words. time, oh, every time.
1: Um the older generation i'm not a big fan of the bro country stuff now but yeah. i like the randy all the names randy travis that era
0: when it was country music it was originally rock and roll yeah when it had an attitude of sure. like george jones and the guys yes. that were like yeah. It, yeah, yeah, Johnny Cash. The, the party that was coming yeah. to you that you were a little worried about. But now what's funny so is even
1: I get when you start making fun, there are people I know that I picture when you say it. Does that make sense? But yes,
0: because you're around right. them, you know I'm not wrong.
1: I know you're not wrong, and that, I, you're you're right too often, which is what makes right, me that's, angry. That's the
0: worst part. Is that the country music right. and rock music that I'm part of so much? Its yeah. reputation's real. It uh, is that crowd is definitely angry at their dads <laughs> and yep. very very drinky and they enjoy themselves but yeah there's look that that's a very real thing music becomes a lifestyle for a lot of people and then in a big group it can be a very obvious
1: was there anybody that inspired you or did you kind of want to emulate like for me uh w stephen martin from yeah. the from the early country yeah. days, w was a big advocate for law enforcement they used right. to do a big toy run every year and and so when I got in my I come from a law enforcement family, I kind of emulated I wanted to be that yeah he kind of inspired me is there anybody out there in that stuff that um, inspired
0: you the the funny thing about that is I don't know if it was an inspiration so much it was more um I grew up in Northwest Indiana as a little kid very small while well, all of us were little when we grew up but i was uh my first six years were just outside of Chicago in Indiana, and we got WLS, and my dad was a fan of a guy named Larry Jack. Okay. I don't know what Larry did that was funny. I know he was successful, but I know how hard my dad was laughing. So when I would sit in our, we had a 75K blaze, uh, K- K5. Yeah. Was, oh my God, it was the coolest thing ever. I wish my dad would have kept that. But we would, he would drive me to school and laugh the entire way to Larry Jack. and I'm like, this guy, this little box in my car here is the happiest thing for this man. And my dad was a type A, still is. Type A personality was a, a tense man. And uh, by no way was he mad or angry, but it just, he's uh, mm. always buzzing. That was the time I watched him let go. So in a weird way, radio's inspiration was his reaction. Mm-hmm. And I always held that, like, that's something I really enjoy.
1: How hard is it? Is it difficult for you? Or was it natural for you? To, to be funny, the stand-up stuff, yeah. because there's, a, there's obviously a gift. You know, I was talking to Caliendo uh, about you, and there's a gift in what he does, not just yeah. the voices, because your voices are amazing. Oh, thank you. But to be able to write the jokes to make the voices funny, yeah.
0: there are a lot of people that have to have people write that for yes. them. Yes, and I'm bad at writing anything because I'll hate it. The second time I go through it, so everything I try to do. We just did a show, Frank at Caliendo, Jonathan Kite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul, we always, we just did a show Saturday.
1: Yeah, I found that out that I didn't get invited. After
0: you're always invited. It's on the radio. You said you listened. Yeah, I this do guy. listen.
1: I mean, I wanted to There's be with the internet. you guys.
0: I wanted to be with you so guys. You, you demand some sort of like, yes, gold I want. Leaf. I
1: want you to say, come hang
0: out with <laughs> us, head Will you buy tickets we, to my show? Yes, <laughs>
1: just come out and hang out.
0: Well, next time I'll remember that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we had a big show, and it was the whole thing was improv. I was an anxious disaster all day. Cause I'm getting up on stage with some heavy hitters. There. Yeah. And, uh, we ended up having the time of our lives. That's the only way I can function. I'm, I've talked to Frank about that a lot. We used to do a podcast, Kelly and I, and it was all just riffing and not to say that I'm great at that, but I'm comfortable with it beyond scripted anything mm-hmm. because I think scripted things, I will destroy whose intention it was to make it sound a certain way. Even if I wrote it, it's never going to come across the way I want it to. So, um, Improv is the way to go for me. Writing is a gift that I just don't have. I question everything. So Frank and I have talked about that a a thousand times. I never wanted to do stand-up because I would get bored with it immediately. It would have to be different every night. And that that would scare me to death. I'd be living on a tightrope daily, which you kind of do with radio. Radio is my improv class. We go up every morning. I have no idea what's going to happen. The reason I listen to KTAR to start the day is to find out if last night everything blew up. And a lot of times I'll get a little something fun out of One of your Jim Cross reports, a traffic uh, guy who may not be on the up and up uh, too happy because I've heard him before and he made me laugh at Tom. But, yeah, it's just a fun thing to kind of to run with uh, the unknown. And so writing scares me to death. And those guys, that's the gift Frank has to make those voices have um, personality. I've
1: never written a speech. Can't do it. Ever. And so for me, I worked for a, a guy, a boss, a terrible boss. And I, one of the other shows, we were in a meeting together and he said to me, if you read something, it sounds like you're reading it. Yeah. And looked at him and said, if you don't read it, you sound like an idiot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. That's Now that's my problem. Now that's going to live in my head forever. So, I, I, I did one thing when I did the Pat McMahon roast. I wrote cards. We spent hours writing that. And I wrote a lot of those jokes thinking I can do the writing, but all I had to do was write it and throw it away and write it and throw it. Away. I could not go over it. So the first time that was performed was the night I performed it. And that was daunting to me because I was literally reading those cards for the second time I'd ever seen them. And it was
1: But scary. to prove that uh in the for people that don't have not heard of your reputation, because yeah. people are really envious of your talent, no, no. is that you Whenever anybody describes how funny you are, yeah. they always talk about how you made everybody laugh at Chuck Artigue's funeral. Well, <laughs> that, that with, again, it was yeah. like he made people break t- in hysterics at a funeral. Yeah.
0: I was told to by the dead man. I know you did. Yeah. I know. I he know. told me, you make people laugh at my funeral or else. But essentially, Chuck Chuck had a very distinct voice, and it became, I got a phone call. I'm going to die, John. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I need you to speak at my funeral. And when you do, you make everyone laugh. I'm like... Uh, what am I supposed to do? And he goes, you're the creative one, figure it out, click. And that's that was our conversation. And then- And he was the owner of the radio the station. The owner of the radio station I worked at. And I love that guy. He was a throwback. I mean, this, I watched him try to bribe a cop once. We got pulled over <laughs> at lunch. And I mean, this is 70s kind of like, this yeah. is how it used to work. But this was 2010. We get pulled over coming out of the parking lot. And I just, oh, jam it. And the lights are on and he is all over the road. I'm sweating in the passenger seat. And he goes, uh, there's no problem here. And I'm like "All right." Sitting there in the cop, goes, you know, how fast you're going, how much is it going to cost me? I'll give it directly to you. (laughs) I'm like, that is not a subtle bribe. That's like, that is the most egregious crime I've ever been in a car. I'm an accomplice now. I'm done. Right. And he goes, seriously, breaks the wallet out. He's opening up, fanning money. And the cop's looking at him like, you've got to be. The cop was sitting back going, I'm, I'm on, I'm being tricked here. Somebody's got, this is a, a, like, they're trying to frame me. And he goes, that's not going to work, sir. All right. Write the ticket, son. And that was it. And he kind of dictated the whole thing. I fell in love with that guy's bluntness. But uh, yeah, his funeral came and went, and I was charged with being the comedian at a funeral, which was.
1: But you rough. were even you were even able to <laughs> make fun of his illness when he was sick a lot. And yeah. but you did it in it. it I it, hard to say you did it with love. You make fun of somebody. Yeah. It was the oxygen tank. It was the way oh, yeah. he was
0: breathing. <laughs> that yeah. thing that kept yes. happening. You'd hear him coming down the hall. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> and here comes Chuck. <laughs> And we would make fun of his tank. It's a thing I have about, like, being funny. I don't think there's any rules to that. And, uh, and we were close, and he trusted me. And I think that's the key to a good, like, you and I are friends, so if I bash you. Which you do every time. I try. Uh, you know that comes from a place of me liking you. Yeah. And I think some people don't get it, and you have to be aware of that. And the people who do know, John's not after me. And that's the key. Chuck knew I wasn't after him. I was on his side. Right. But we let's let's be realistic about what's going on here. You're dragging a tank of fire behind you. Yeah. You've got tubes all over the place. And I'm not going to ignore that. I'm not going to pretend that's not real.
1: So two examples. The last time we had lunch together at Phoenix City Grill, we were in the bar eating lunch and a couple of guys recognized you. You went over, said hello, yeah. walked back over and said, that's what happens when you have a popular radio that's show. That's true. And the other example was when I first started out, I was asking a bunch of people advice because I knew I wanted to stay in this business yeah. and i knew that you and sharp were friends yeah. so we went and had lunch stockyards and then i bought lunch and my credit card it? got
0: declined. oh that's right i forgot about and it that.
1: didn't de- decline it was Hilarious. expired it had expired well, i had not, another card that's the but excuse i was today. sweating for 30 seconds because i thought awesome. and then the next day on the air i was listening while i was driving around yeah
0: and sure enough well you we were eating your life a lie you invited us to lunch yeah i was big time and i was gonna <laughs> buy who bought? Did I end up? No, I in? no, I had another car. Oh, okay. I had another car. That had to be a fingers crossed moment.
1: It was because the card I used was for my business. It was my business card. <laughs> Which, it was going to be a business lunch.
0: Well, that's even worse. Yeah, you're it, asking it, it, for business advice with a business card that zeroed. That out.
1: had no. It had expi- it expired. Mike, come on. So I had to use my it's debit okay. card. It's
0: okay. You're doing good now. You don't even. I have am. To, don't I'm have doing to, better this now. This lie can now. Die. I
1: got multiple cards that won't. <laughs> <Yeah. get laughs>
0: declined. This lie can die today. Yeah. you were having a rough yeah, go. I was. It was a rough time. Yeah, you've made it. That was
1: 08, I think. That was when the construction market oh
0: everything collapsed yeah, yeah. i was in a big why world. in the world did you like i you're really good at this and were immediately like you were a caller yeah on a show yeah. and they said this guy should go on yeah was it something you always done here i go taking your show no is it something you always wanted to do Mm-mm. as far as like um not necessarily radio but discuss topics or be part of something because obviously calling a radio show you're either nuts Or you're invested. Well, I was
1: invested. Okay. Uh, So I called because, you know the story, my brother was killed in Iraq. So this was, my brother was killed on Memorial Day in the first year of the war. And I was listening to the radio station and they were talking about the war. That I was invested in. So I called in and it went from being a caller to being a guest, from being a guest to I got asked to join the Bush campaign as an advocate for veterans. From that? From that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody, somebody, a guy named Mike Barna, who okay. you might know, Mike, who was, in the, was in the radio business yeah. um, at a radio station here in town, said, "Hey, you're pretty good at this. Do you want your own show?" And I said, "I'll do it on the weekends." Wow! And they gave me a week. They gave me a Saturday show. It was a brokered station. Yeah, but it's but they remarkable. didn't make me pay for it. Right. And then that was it.
0: Off you went. Off that's I went. that's pretty remarkable. Yeah.
1: So what? Wow. We, since we're talking about that, yeah. I want to talk about the breakdown. Um, the early days, yeah. the decision, as controversial it was in the minds of everybody involved to begin with, the break-off with Dave Pratt.
0: <laughs> well, I wasn't part of that. I was nowhere near it.
1: No, I'm talking about <laughs> when you decided, I am not going to treat that as a oh, holy... Oh, my break-off. Yeah, your break-off. Not the break-off, yeah, your so break-off.
0: Dave Pratt hosted KUPD's show for... 17, 18 years in the morning. The intent when I first started at KUPD was to say I'm not going to fill anybody's shoes. This either works or it doesn't. He's left the building. Uh, they've asked me to do the job. I took the job. I'm going to do it the best I know how. You're, you guys are either going to love it or you're not. Tip of the cap to anybody who does this job for 18 years. I, I had never met him. Uh, somebody listening, and this was the early days, 2001. Two weeks before 9-11, the show starts, right? So we've got to replace an 18-year you know, kind of icon. Mm-hmm. And then... We do it August 27th, 2001. So I say that, I say those words, uh, like I have no, I don't know him. I just know I listened to him for a while when I grew up here and I knew the guy and I know who who he is and all he's accomplished and we're not going to try to fix that, right? So somebody emailed me and said, I liked what you had to say about Dave. I listened for years. And he said, I got an email and he sent it to me that said the new guy is going to ruin our station stop him by any means necessary and the guy who emailed me said i thought that was a dangerous thing to send maybe he meant don't listen but to the wrong brain yeah that says something potentially terrible and i immediately lost respect for that because i had no it's radio who cares right? right this guy's taking a job go kick my butt at another station if you're that great at it and so uh, at that moment i'm like what what's wrong with him and everybody in the building was like you just got a taste of what it is like then they you know not to sit and speak he can't defend himself but i don't care uh nobody wanted him in the building anymore and there were little moments like that and i'm like so i just like why why would i why would i pay reverence to this why would i care to be that so i i started to kind of make little jokes everybody at that everybody was kind of afraid if you made jokes you were out right and it was when uh, it's the end of the wizard of oz or the Nutcracker. It, it kind of just a few of the jokes opened the doors where everybody felt, oh, it's it's okay. And I don't really care that he doesn't like me at all because I don't like him. And that's an odd thing to just be so wide open. But it's true. And so he's had a beef with me more than I have with him, but I'm a little louder.
1: But did you, there were people that were telling you, now you're brand new. Yeah. And there were people that were telling you, you'll never work again if you
0: do Absolutely. That. Plenty. And,
1: and so when you say it's either going to work or it's not that yeah. you i mean you really had to live that
0: yep yep well and that was the trust i had in myself on doing this i didn't want to do radio at all anymore i, I did the morning show i did the stuff with jim sharp producing his show jim left he didn't get along with the girl well they got along fine it just didn't with no chemistry and, the, and i was producing that show and the the girl came from dave's show dave pratt show mm-hmm. and she had no, a, a huge beef with him and Jim and her, they didn't have a chemistry. Her name was Stephanie. And then Stephanie and I started to do the show together as a temporary thing. And the ratings did well. And then we got bought. We had five different owners in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Radio was a circus. We had five owners in two years. We got bought one day. The new owners came in and announced that they'd sold us. That was our introduction to our new ownership group. Hey, we got a new ownership group. Hey, let's meet them. And they said, by the way, we sold yesterday. So we're going to manage you for three months and then a new company's coming in. And we were just flying by the seat of our pants. Um, and so she came over from the other place. It was a mess. They got rid of us because we had five different bosses doing five different things in five different cities. And I'm like, this is not an industry I enjoy at all. Um, so they, they decided to go a different direction. We were in second place. We were doing great. They fired us and I moved to Los Angeles and started oddly enough, writing jokes for uh premier radio networks and jay leno jay leno takes every joke ever by the way for anybody who wants to do that he used to write jay leno's house a joke he'll send you a couple hundred bucks whether he really? uses it or not he used to do that with the tonight show so when he's in the tonight show, i would sit at home and write a hundred of them send them off to this thing that i knew through the uh, premier radio networks and they would get them to jay and jay's jay would buy like seven or eight and i don't know if they ever got used But I just said, no letter from this guy. All right, give him $300. and Who's next? And it's just, he'd go through them all and get a check every once in a while. This is great. Radio calls back. They're like, uh, the the station that fired me said, our research says we made a mistake. We want to come back. Do you want to do afternoons? And I'm like, not really. I said, double my pay from before. I live in LA now and fly me back and forth and I'll do it. And they did. Wow. And I didn't expect them to say yes to that. So now I'm kind of, oh, they called my bluff. So now I'm working at the zone. It's as still mismanaged as it was before. And I remember (laughs) driving to work crying, grown man, listening to It's a Beautiful Day by U2 on the station (laughs) I'm driving to going, I hate it there. Yeah. And and, and as much my fault as anyone else's, I hated it there. And I drove to work and I I had KUPD kind of calling me, but they hadn't done anything. And I just told them, like, guys, I'm done. I'm not going to use anybody for leverage. If this works, it does. It doesn't. KUPD came a week later and said, we want to make the offer for you because you're not using leverage. Yeah. And I ended up going to KUPD with my fingers kind of crossed, going, we'll see if I still like this business. And 23 years later, I still feel like it's my first day.
1: It's funny, the the similarities in a way, because when I left the previous station I was at, yeah. I had no deal. Did you cry? I had, I, You know what? I had a boss that made me, <laughs> oh. I, I just, yeah. I couldn't. Um, There's a lot of people over there who were good to me, gave me a huge start, people I miss. Yeah. But when I left there, I had no deal. Yeah. And you know what this business is yep. like. I had no deal. I had to take the entire month of January off Ugh. and then come in here and hope that now we're going to sit down and talk. Yeah. And like you said, every day feels like it was it's awful. my first day. Yeah, it's, it, it's the and best. then I wonder why I didn't do it sooner.
0: Yeah, and that was my thing too. The station I worked at was my my first love of radio. I was there for four years. It still feels longer than my 23 at KUPD because... I have bonded. I've forged friendships of steel from that building, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to go back. Everybody in it, I loved them. Like mm-hmm. the, except for the way the place was run, because it was run from somewhere else.
1: And you and I are friends. We become friends. I think, and I, I don't. I'm not putting words in your mouth. I hope, but everybody in the building, I want to get to know. I don't yeah. just leave the studio. You, uh, when we have a guy working here now that worked with you in sales, Tom Wintermeyer. Yep. Oh yeah, and I knew Tom at the other place. Yeah. And he's a great guy. Tom's awesome. And then when he was leaving, you busted his chops on the air oh, about yeah. leaving because you guys were friends. Yeah, I loved him, yeah. And and yeah. and it's great to know that it's it's everybody makes it a great place to yeah.
0: work. Now he's a trader though. He works at yeah. the enemy and I yeah. I got no time for Tom. He's
1: got he wouldn't come say hello. He's got nothing nice no, to and say. He's, to you like
0: he's busy selling, he's right. busy. That's what's going on.
1: I want to talk about your show. There's so much I would love to ask you about. Um well, I got as a Day listener. Um <laughs> <laughs> I I'm solo. Now, I've got Julia, and she we do that, did you hear this? And Julia's a big part of the show. Yeah. Jess is on in the morning, and once in a while we have interaction. But for the most right. part, it's just me in right. seven-minute segments. But you have got a cast, and yeah. everybody feels like from the moment you hit the mic, where you introduce everybody, we all feel like we're friends with everybody oh, on the show. And, awesome. and Brett has been a great addition. I love Brett. He's great. Yeah. So how do you, is that, con, do you guys build those characters in your head or is it just um, a matter of just let's introduce everybody in the room and hang out?
0: It's um, sort of a happy accident of, of hosting. Um, I wanted to be, uh, one thing I've always been, and it's like, God, it's like sitting and talking about yourself. It's so weird. But I've always been an observer. Mm-hmm. So I observe things. So I'll see like you, like if you and I were in a room together a lot doing radio, I would see the things I'm like, okay, there's a mic, there's a mic, there's a, mm-hmm. there, those are the broomhead moments. So those become characteristics I'm gonna now try to shine a spotlight on and make you a character beyond what you already are because you're entertaining. You already Brady. got that part, Brady. So Brady will do things. You're like, okay, I can pick this, 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 and this that everybody else hears, and let them know I see it too. Meanwhile, Bray's just a funny, nice, affable person. But you can take and make a character out of him that becomes larger than him just from observing. And Brett's the same way. Brett's our Italian. Yeah. You know, he's got the horn. He's got the pinky ring. He's yeah. playing the role. Yeah. And so you point it out and then let his actual personality be him and then play the character of, like, let's build this up. And now that becomes almost catchphrasy hack But when people see him like, oh, what's up, my big brat? And they play the Italian role back at him. And he's like, okay, this is what's been built of me. And it's just happy accidents of being an observer and saying these guys are, they get it, we can have fun with
1: it. Your relationship with Brady, um, what that's turned into, taking a guy, like you said, Midwestern, pretty wholesome guy, (laughs) but then you do the what would Brady do, and you push his limits about these horrible things that happen to people, and then you ask him what he would do in that situation. The Brady Report is similar to what we do, but much funnier Well, when you do the, when you comment
0: on the news stories that Brady does. How much would that bother you? What? Some guy just sitting there making, well, that doesn't make yeah, sense, yeah, Mike. Then right. like I'm, I'm always, it's what I do at home. When I watch news at home, I'm like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Or the but story it's, the other way. Just,
1: it's the other way, because I don't ever know what Julia has chosen for right. those stories. Yeah. So I kind of get to react like you get to react yeah. to those stories. I just can't say.
0: Right. What you really that, are. Yeah. Like the a, things like, that you say. Right. Yeah. I'm allowed to do that because of where I am. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I could ever do anything close to what you do. Yeah, you could. Oh, I could be in a room and talk and talk and talk. I would be fired in a week, because oh all I, all, yeah, I would, All I would do is like end up bashing something that I thought was ridiculous, and, th- and the next thing you know, we've been on for twenty minutes with me destroying something that didn't deserve it, just because. I, because and, and people are like, the listeners are there to be informed, but And' I'll here make I you am deal. being an idiot.
1: Don't. How don't, about that? Don't Just do stay what you do. Yet. Oh, yeah. I don't want don't, to. Trust don't. me. Trust. Stay me. in your lane. <laughs> I don't want And to. <laughs> leave
0: my job alone. <laughs> no, if this is a threat or a challenge, now there's a difference. It would be I, fun, but I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't last because I'm not the guy who can. Like the audience would be like, he doesn't. He's not serious about this because I'm not.
1: But that's the best part of it, because your mm-hmm. opinions, uh, I think you talked about this on the air recently about Bill Burr and how he took yeah. the, the topic of abortion. And on one side, he talked about yeah. how he believes a woman's right to choose. But on the other side, right. he still believes you're killing a baby right. and somehow made that topic funny. Yeah. And I think when you talk about serious, I've heard you be serious about things and things you believe in or don't believe in. It's not like you're not informed. I mean, you're very
0: well informed on stuff. Probably too much, and it's and again, recently with all the stress and everything else that everybody goes through, my discovery was, no offense, avoid the news. Yeah, and and it it makes people insane. It and it's that twenty four hour cycle. We used to be. I I often say that our brains are built like our computers are built like our brains because we built them. And the one thing we know about computers is you load them with too much information, they 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 flame out. And I think that kind of is a lot of people's problem. You've got too much to do and you feel like you have to feel something about all of it when you watch CNN, Fox, MSNBC. You feel like there's some sort of emotional tie to these stories instead of the old days, which was 30 minutes of information and a newspaper you picked and choose what you wanted to know. And now it's like I have to know. This is it's our only commonality left. Like if you're watching a TV show and you're on the wrong episode, we can't talk about it. Right. But nobody ever says, "Oh, don't talk about the 2022 election. I'm only up to 2020." Right. No, nobody ever No, no – right. we're all up to date on, unfortunately, the only thing we have in common now is politics.
1: But but the difference is with politics and with issues – like, I would rather talk about issues and let my politics come out in the issues. Yeah. Because we all have opinions. We yeah. all have an opinion about the economy. We have an opinion about to fund the police. We have an opinion. And when you can talk about those reasonably with people, where it gets yeah. different – you're a huge sports fan like I am. Yeah. You go to a game and you're there to cheer on your team. Yeah. The idea that you're going to get into a fist fight up on the menzanine right, is, is foreign to you and to me, or at least
0: it is to see, me. To me, that's because I'm an adult, right? And that doesn't that is lost on me that somebody would be so. I see it as an insecurity that you don't really believe what you say. If you're willing to, if you believe two plus two is five, I'm not going to fight you.
1: But you also—I just know I'm right. But you're as passionate a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers oh, yeah. as Don't anybody start is. Talking about that, I will. And you're Hopefully. not going to let somebody in your house that's not in Steelers. Game. I've heard you talk yes. about the parties.
0: If you showed up at my house, like we had the Cardinal Steelers game, which was a catastrophe a couple of weeks ago, for me, congratulations, right. Cardinals. Uh, but we had people come over and they're Cardinal fans, but they have to stay on the other side of the room and they can't interact with us. If you come over to my house and you're a fan of neither team, I have a jersey for you. You're going to stand on the Steelers side and play pretend, at least visually, make me feel like you're part right. of the group. I don't need... is my house. It's not so, a sports bar. But we're talking about a passion for right. a
1: team. Right. But I'm not going to fight you. Right. Right. And so I'm passionate about what I believe, and I yeah. know you are too. Yeah. But I, the idea that I'm going to hate your guts or right. fight you because of it, I think that's... You're a grown-up.
0: Yeah. The tribal nature of opinion has become ridiculous. And that's why I always say now, I'm like, well, I was in on it. I was doing it. I found myself getting in arguments. I'm like, I really don't know that I care this much. I just feel like I have to say something because yeah. this person is so adamant about how they feel that I feel like I'm I feel like i not doing my part. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm here for the jokes. I'm here to laugh and have a good time. I don't know why anybody else would feel different. Um, sometimes the jokes are funny. Sometimes they're dark. Sometimes they're hilarious, low-hanging fruit, whatever, yep. but, you know, heady, thoughtful But I want to just find the fun in things and recognize that, of course, there's bad stuff going on and I'm aware of it, but I'm not going to have an opinion because I'm not changing that myself. That is going to be so contradictory that it's a physical altercation. It doesn't, doesn't make sense. Agree to disagree is beautiful to me. Right. That's learning. You have an opinion I don't know. You're going to teach me something.
1: And even to make fun of each other. Yes. Is fun. Yeah.
0: I have a friend from Scotland who's a little bit right of Genghis Khan. Okay. And (laughs) uh, he is absurdly passionate about his political beliefs. And I will occasionally, just for fun, take the other side so far. And And he loses his mind and it's just fun to to poke the hive and then I just have a blast with it because I'm like, come on, calm down, we're buddies and he knows that I'm not attacking i just I just think it's just uh, too many people are wrapped up in thinking that if they're if they're questioned, the internet's done this if you're questioned, there's a chance you can be discovered that maybe you missed something mm-hmm. so you get in your bubble, you get in your you know your isolation chamber, that echo else, chamber the echo yeah. chamber, and it's dangerous because I like when somebody says people accuse me of that oh you just want people who agree with you no, I don't. I want people like-minded on the results of what we say, but you can disagree with me all day. And in fact, if you do it right, I might sit back and say, I have, I've been looking at this wrong. You and know, it's there's more a fun. It's, it's a is. better
1: conversation. Tons. When you, uh, How do you deal with haters? Because I've heard you read emails. Yeah. I, and when I So when you've pushed somebody over the edge yeah. and they you can feel them pounding on the
0: keys, yeah. how uh, do you handle it? I like it. I do too. It means you're doing something. I love it. Yeah, it means you're doing something that, that isn't just... Uh, you know some placebo that you you find yourself something you do it every day this is not easy like people don't it seems easy when guys like you are doing your job it's like man he rattles this stuff this is an all day job mm-hmm. you can get lost in this observing paying attention to everything you're 24 hours a day looking going okay that's a thing that's a thing and especially when you're trying to add funny like you're you're observing constantly and you're doing it for you know content yeah you get lost um, sometimes you get a little lazy with it it's inevitable and then you realize, up, oh, and you've stepped up and you've hit something. And it doesn't mean you do it intentionally. That's the problem. I would never intentionally try to make people angry. But if my opinion gets somebody fired up, especially when they're really upset about something that's kind of silly, mm-hmm. um, they make two hours of a show for me. So, And it's fun. And they become characters without even realizing. And most of the time, they'll come back and go, I realize I went. Nuts! That I, happens a lot,
1: doesn't it? I, they'll
0: email back. If I was engage, having a horrible night. Yeah, I took it out on you. You were the—they were keyboard warriors. They found as somebody. We call them. They were—they found somebody and they got the keyboard muscles and they took a swing, and they felt accomplished for a second until the next day. They're like, "What did I just do?"
1: Yep. And after maybe yeah. three or four emails or messages back and forth, yeah, there's that. All right, you're not so bad, right? You know, I didn't
0: expect you to respond, Julia. As
1: the Julia will walk into the studio sometimes. <laughs> And I'm You're responding during commercials. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. I said, I'm responding on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. But in the end, I think that that's, that makes for better conversation. Sure. I always talk about apologetics and defending what you believe. For yeah. you, it's different. When you touch a nerve with somebody, it's that time where everything you said this morning was funny. Yeah. Until you said that. Exactly. Now that offends yeah. me. Yeah. Now
0: that's not funny I've anymore. I've said that several times. Like I'll make, We make fun of pretty much everything. You and, do. And, uh, and so I'll hit a nerve. Someday it's your day in the barrel. And someday it's my day in the barrel. But I'm not afraid to go after my misery, too. Yeah. Like I've become known as the guy who looks like squidward. And that's because <laughs> I said so, and people ran with it. Now it's like, okay, I get it. Well, what you did, I don't want to change, I don't want to interrupt you, but what you did with going
1: on the air months ago and saying, if the Diamondbacks go to oh. the World Series, I will give up being a Cubs fan. And I will become a Diamondbacks fan. The way you played that leading up to the Diamondbacks in the World Series was perfect because you took the opportunity of it's going to be hypocrisy yeah.
0: or... I had to be very careful. I didn't remember saying it. May 19th of this year, after Zach Gallen hit that bird, I said, well, hold on. I'm a Cubs fan. We've got one championship in 108 years. Diamondbacks get another World Series out of killing birds, sacrificial... Uh, lambs or, or, or you, know, bird, you know, they're sacrificing animals. I mean, I'm against it, but if it's working, there's wizards at play here. Why would I Why would I not join this? And so I jokingly said, if they make it to the World Series, I'll abandon my Cub fandom. And everybody, I forgot all about it. And then somebody brought it up on their run in that Phillies series and said, you said you'd do this, we found the tape. And I'm like, I did. And I'm pretty mad at the Cubs right now anyway. Yeah, like, well, This is a franchise that's basically playing on your laurels. Well, Julie is a Mets fan, so... I'm sorry. It's <laughs> terrible. Just money just flying out of her well, pocket.
1: on top of that, yeah. she's also a Jets fan.
0: Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> you need a therapist immediately. These are terrible choices. Jesus. Uh, so that's terrible. I, yeah. Let's not talk about that. I feel bad for her. But, yeah. As, as so I And then I've doubled down on it and said that if they – they were down to the Phillies. They had to go back to Philadelphia for two games. And I said if if they win these two games – they're going to the World Series. I to give it my Cubs, but there's no way. In fact, if they win the World Series, I'll get a tattoo of Brady naked on my yeah, chest. I remember that. And they won in Philadelphia, and you have no idea the flop sweat that was falling off of me for a week. I was losing it. So I have started to donate all my Cubs stuff I to charities. I saw charities. They're pulling yeah. it off
1: the wall. We yep. took of it off BL the wall.
0: I, this just last weekend, I gave uh, an autographed Ernie Banks picture to Lost Our Home Pet Rescue, for their charity, uh, an autographed Anthony Rizzo jersey. So my well, you, Cubs then stuff you Well know, You know
1: Linda Santo. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I
0: know. Well, you I haven't seen be, her for years, she but you got to be friends
1: me. with her because
0: of the connection. the Cubs. I and- met her years ago. She worked with my ex-wife. That's a different story if you want to get into that. No. That's a fun one. I think you've heard it. I, I have heard it. So, <laughs> it's one of the darker jokes I, I, I run with regularly. If you want to get into it, you can bring it up. I'm not going there. It's your show. We're
1: going to get to it. Okay.
0: We will. We're going to save
1: it to the end, so if we have to edit it out, oh, man. it'll be at the end. No way
0: anybody here lets that one go. Okay. No way. But yeah, I, I, I knew Linda's hus- uh, was it his husband or brother that put the movie together. For her dad. It was All years right. ago. And I was a big Ron Santo yeah. lover. But I met her a while ago, and I haven't seen her forever. But yeah, a Cub lore, the the stuff with my cubbies, forever. But again, you know, we get into Tailson and of the uh, 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 UFC. Uh, UFC. Yeah. Came on the show once, and we were talking about sports. And he goes, after a while, they prey on you cheering for the laundry. What are you cheering for?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that started to happen with my Cubs. I started to feel like, since the World Series, they're like, they'll stay. We can do anything we want. They're, they're staying. And I'm like, you're not trying. You're you're fleecing me out of loyalty and then calling me un- disloyal like the Mets are killers at this. Like, you're not loyal to us if you don't follow us through hell. Like, I don't want to follow you through hell anymore. I've done this. I, yeah. I spent my entire childhood in the pits watching this team flounder year in, year out. And they finally got it. And it's like, now we got you. Like, you had me before. Yeah. Love me. Yeah, it's an abusive relationship. It is, and so I kind of broke ties with it. It's still hard. I don't want to go running back to it. but I'm a Diamondbacks fan. Right? It's fake. It's <laughs> totally fake right now. But I'm trying.
1: But but you, but you at least stuck to your word. You said yes. it on the air.
0: Not like it could Mad have Dog. Gone a
1: bunch of different. Yeah. Not Mad like Dog. oh that was what no, a no,
0: Mad Dog. I do an impression of Mad Dog, and it got it got violent because the same week he yeah. got all that credit for I'll quit my I'll retire if they do this, yeah. and then didn't. Didn't. Yeah, and he should have stepped up and at least quit and then come back yeah. you know give us something take a paycheck off yeah. at least take one. a week but, off yeah. or something suspend yourself
1: so let let's talk about the you just talked about you do an impression do the voices one of the things that i think is one of the most creative things i've ever heard the old building was in guadalupe that's yep. why it was called guadalupe squares yep correct that's yes. why you named yep. it that yep but to do the old hollywood squares game yeah that I think maybe is a little outdated for Completely. some of the younger But everybody gets it. Yeah. In our
0: mind, we picture the squares. Right. It's tic-tac-toe. You're it a country is. fan. I have right. to explain that part to you. Yeah, it's basically tic-tac-toe. No, listen,
1: people. I don't know chess, but I know checkers and tic-tac-toe. <laughs> and you're good at it. Uh, I am. I am good at it. Um, and But you do the voices, and yeah. the jokes are hilarious. And then when you get the callers, because it's always dangerous to involve callers, Yeah. You even get them involved and make fun of them when they get stupid. Right. Oh. And it is so funny Thank you. that it people seek it out. It is that good of a bit. And how
0: mm-hmm. long have you been doing it? Well, my friend Colin, who I worked with at The Zone, said, you should try doing a Guadalupe Squares thing. And he said it immediately like that. And I'm like, and I pictured it immediately. I'm like, yeah, that's not bad. Because he always worked mm-hmm. with, he always was, I have an idea for this voice, this voice, this yeah. voice. He was the idea guy. And I would do the voice stuff. And then he said, try it once. The first time we tried it, we did a square a break. The thing lasted about two hours. It was a terrible concept. And I'm like, we just need to just go and get through this thing. And so it didn't make sense to me that it worked. Um, But then the next few times we did it, we had a little rhythm. And it's now, what, twenty. It's 23 years. We started that in year one, so it's 22 years of that silliness. Although all my impressions are dying. I'm 51 years old now, so everybody, so I, you're uh, now rich my, I'm rich little. I'm rich little. Yeah, I'm going to be out there going. Well, all right, tonight we've got to. I'm like, no, nobody wants Carson or, or Bush or anything like that. Um, yeah, you start realizing I'm not. I'm not tapped into like this new generation. I think impressions are going to die because the AI. Well, AI is definitely not going to help. But there's no commonalities. Like it's generational beyond like the old impression lost on a younger person. But there are
1: still people out there that are iconic. That sure, you know, you but can who's
0: coming voices. up? Like yeah. there used to be a ton, and now there's a few you can still go. But most of the time, you're starting an impression of somebody, and they're in their fifties or sixties. You know, I mean, you used to watch Rich Little when when you were a kid, and he was doing guys from the thirties.
1: I went, so we did a show. Sean Hannity used to do yeah. those those uh, shows around the country. Yeah. freedom shows whatever he called them and they did one here in town and so i was backstage with them and on stage with them and rich little did his act and everybody on that he did yeah had been dead for years for years and
0: he'd been doing that since i was a kid yeah he was doing john jimmy wayne St- oh. <laughs> um jimmy stewart jimmy, john wayne yeah, yeah uh, would, johnny carson yeah
1: everybody he did an impression of
0: was dead yeah Oh, it's scary when you're, when you, when you live on impressions, which I don't do, but I love doing them. uh, You start getting into that, like, wow, I got to get some new, new blood here. But
1: the, and I want to talk about the squares, but the way to do a voice, I mean, I'm so, I can't at all, but to hear you or like a Caliendo, I had this, I had this weird laugh and Caliendo came in studio with me once and did the laugh. Did the laugh. To hear you do Brady.
0: Yeah. Well, it's that's hilarious. a complete caricature of Brady. Right. It's, But it's, that's what makes yeah. it so
1: funny yeah. is that you're not trying to sound exactly like Brady. No. It's bigger than Brady. Right. It's, it's animated Brady. Right.
0: It's cartoon. It's yeah. hilarious. Totally, yeah.
1: But when you <laughs> do the Sean Connery in order right. to get away with cursing because his for accent... Yeah. yeah, he's dead. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> yes, but, of course, Mike. Of course, I'm shitting here with you enjoying myself. <laughs> and hopefully you're shitting that enjoying me. But people ask me to do that and right. I mean, he's been dead forever. Ever. And, and, they're, and they're like, who am I doing that for? Like, but, but it's fun. I tell you the Connery story for me, my first uh, dance with the devil in radio, when I was doing morning radio, his birthday is August 25th. I'll never forget that. And uh, um, for fun, I pretended to call him on his birthday in the morning, not thinking anything. I didn't know any of the rules. So I, I did both voices. I'm like, hello, Sean. It's Sean. How are you? And I just did the, the little button that makes it sound like like, Who's this? Oh, it's you, my friend. Happy birthday to you. And I, had, and I read the excerpt of, from his interview with Barbara Walters where he said, Sometimes you have to smack a woman. Like it was this yeah. horrible thing that Sean Connery said had he said it today, canceled forever. Right. So I, and, and the Sean Connery I was playing on the phone was getting very angry. And me, I was playing along trying to antagonize. Him. People bought it. Like they thought I actually called him. They're like, oh, he's in New Zealand. He I'm like, okay, well, I don't know where he is. I, yeah. I never let, let the cat out of the bag. National Enquirer runs a story. Phoenix DJ uh, infuriates Sean Connery on vacation. And I'm like, uh-oh. And they called and they said, hey, we're going to run... Before I knew, they said, we're going to run the story. Is every." Can we have the tape? I'm like, I'm not going to give you the tape, but I'll tell you what happened. I'm not realizing that that's not right. And they, they printed it. And then they sued the station or tried to sue the station for retraction when they found out it was all fake. And I'm like, you're the National Enquirer. I'm worse than yeah. you? Like, you guys just can't <laughs> let that one go? And like, no, they wanted to sue for having to reprint or put a retraction in. And I'm like... This is fun. Like, I, I got a kick out of that. The most fun ever is the moment you're like, whoops. We did a thing once where I said that there were submarine races at Tempe Town Lake, mm-hmm. and we're giving, away, I remember we're giving that. away tickets, and people started to call. And I'm like, I was kidding. And they're calling, like, oh, we want the tickets. And I'm like, did you hear what for? Yeah, the boat races. I'm like, submarine races. Yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. And I'm like, hold on a second. And I'm answering. The phones were lighting up, and I'm so I, we just ran with it. Like, there were actual submarines. And women were calling. And, like, I'm, and I'm putting them through the paces of, like, a contest. I'm like, I really have to win these? My husband would love that. And I'm like, do you know, have you been to one before? <laughs> no. I'm like, how do you know? Maybe you were accidentally at a submarine race and you didn't know. I think I would know that. And I'm like, you're gold. Like, it's, it. people fall for things in shocking manners that can be a gift for a radio guy.
1: Do you like it better when you get someone that hates it
0: or <laughs> someone that plays along? Um, the play-alongs are usually people that... Um, I don't like as much. The hate it, they have an opinion, so they're going to put their feet in the the mud there. They're going to dive in. The other people want to skate with you, so they try to joke or add to it. And it's not as much—improv's It's not fun when it's yes and and somebody's doing the same things, but it's more fun when the other person is an antagonist. So, yeah.
1: Um, The reason why I ask is because one of the things is I I don't get embarrassed for myself, which is why I've never been afraid on stage. I never get embarrassed for myself. But I've got that weird thing where I get embarrassed for other people. I don't. I don't. So I don't go to karaoke because when oh, the drunk girl the gets up ass. and sings to her best friend oh. and she's crying, I'm embarrassed for her. So I have that weird thing Not where I get embarrassed for other me. people. I <clears> love an embarrassed person. So that's why I you're so loved. good at this. Here's the thing you do that was hysterical. First of all, you do the Johnny Midnight thing yeah. with Brady. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Midnight.
0: Which, Which is you, me now. Yeah. We don't do that anymore because I am now Johnny Midnight. It used to be a DJ who had aged out of his right. of his thing and he hires a young guy. Who acts like an idiot right. to make it seem like he's appealing to the youth, but this guy's like, he's a classic DJ and, and skip the time and, and trouble. That's Johnny Midnight. Brady is really good
1: yeah. at that being annoying
0: yeah. part. Well, yeah, and that was because he is so opposite of that.
1: But when you would challenge each other to how quickly you could get a celebrity to hang up on you. And because we all get those emails, if people don't understand, we get emails that absolutely have nothing to do with what we do. It's just a PR firm that sends out mass emails hoping somebody will bite. And you guys bite.
0: A few times, yeah,
1: we and you'll get one. a celebrity on to do an interview, and it's way ahead of you. Got the worst possible questions yeah. for them, right? Because they've got something to promote. How long they'll hang? In how there.
0: long will they stay to promote their item through the misery?
1: Is the key to being funny not being concerned? Timing. If people think you're not. Sorry,
0: is it timing? Yeah, that's it. It's the whole thing. It's the key to the key to funny is timing. And again, in my opinion, and I don't know that anybody knows it's it's timing plus I mean the old the old math equation is tragedy plus time is funny. Yeah. Your timing has to be good and you have to recognize that you're not attacking. It can be it can be dark, it can be sort of off, it can be a little bit aggressive, but it can't drag an innocent in and then attack them.
1: But you have to be willing to know you're going to make somebody angry.
0: Yeah. Well yeah, and that's just to somebody and again, it's humor. Some some people may like you might laugh at something that's you and I find hysterical and nobody else in the room does and that that, that doesn't make them right or wrong, it doesn't make us right or wrong. It's just a Maybe a I'm taste. weird
1: though, but most of the, I I can't think about there may have been times when I've been offended. I can't think of any. But there have been By times. Me? No.
0: Oh, I was going to say
1: <clears throat> maybe. <laughs> Probably
0: but country music stuff. Oh, that's, well, but the, I'm surprised you actually <laughs> figured it out.
1: It's the, <laughs> you weren't joking yeah, th-
0: no that you actually put those sentences together I did. And, and made math um,
1: some of them had many syllables and uh, big big words big that words we're like,
0: him's making fun of country music <laughs> then he took something out of your arrow pocket I did. Pre- <laughs> like a char or something yeah. um but country it- music's okay until you start dressing the part something happened to my dad he moved to texas and i see pictures of him and he's in a costume now okay
1: so a uh, uh, true story
0: yeah
1: i always wanted to be a cowboy Weird. Cowboys are my heroes. I grew up in a beach town on the Gulf of Mexico, right. but we always went into the Everglades, and we were around. It was I was a redneck kid. Yeah. We used to go to a thing in this little town called La Belle, Florida. They do it every <laughs> year. It's called the Swamp Cabbage Festival. That gives you an idea of my
0: youth. A lot of country music played at that. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but I wanted to be a cowboy. So when the first time I came to Arizona on vacation, rodeo was a big thing here, and I went to. Yeah. Two or three rodeos in one weekend. And I thought, I want to do this. Yeah. So I said in my head, if I ever get a chance, I want to learn to be a real cowboy. So I moved here to learn to be a bull rider, to ride bulls. Right. I I will never wear a cowboy hat again unless I'm at a rodeo event. Because it's almost like, for me, like yeah. being a retired cop. I'm yeah. not a cop anymore. I was a cowboy. Right. I, I earned that. So when right. I see people in the costume, I feel it's the same way. It's like it's a costume.
0: Yeah, you're 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 playing dress up. I see that with a lot of things. And music is the catalyst to that. A lot of country music, you start dressing like the costume. Rock music, you start wearing the outfits. That, yeah, you know, like the like the boots up. To, you know, who wants to strap boots up all day? It's not that. Is it that important to be the image? And so I, you know, like I'm t-shirt and jeans, and I don't I, know that I tied it. Yeah. any sort of thing. But I find well, that bikers hysterical. are the same. Bikers are in a costume.
1: When you go, there's—I'm sure you know of it. There's a bar um, in Scottsdale and Shea. Um, I just drew, uh, drew handlebar
0: jays. No, no, handlebar
1: jays is on the northwest corner. I'm talking about the biker bar. Oh, I don't know. Um, Dirty Dog.
0: Oh, okay. The yeah, yeah, Dirty yeah. Dog. Yeah.
1: It's a Scottsdale.
0: Yeah. Biker bar. It's lawyers. It's
1: lawyers and yeah. accountants <laughs> on twenty five thousand dollars motorcycles, wearing <laughs> yeah. leather vests right. and chaps,
0: and they're still brand new. Right. Yeah, it's very. They've strange. still got the tag. It's on a them. costume. It is. it is. It is. It's. It's becoming very strange that people will will get in it. But my dad's wearing these cowboy hats and stuff. So I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, that's about great, being a cowboy. But. No, but that was the thing for me is
1: when you were talking about the the, the costume. I didn't want to be a guy in a costume anymore. Yeah. I really wanted to be the part. Yeah. So it was fun while well, it lasted, but out of respect for—I sound so silly now—but yeah. out of respect, I don't ever wear one unless I'm at an event. Every twice a year, I do some bull riding stuff still, yeah. and in the arena, I wear a cowboy <laughs> the hat.
0: What does the hat do?
1: It's part of the cowboy
0: attire. Well, I understand thing. that, but I mean, what, what's the purpose of such a huge hat?
1: Well, back in the, when you worked outside, it was part of keeping the sun off of you. I mean, was it was it? yeah
0: oh yeah i suppose
1: so now it's it's actually in a rodeo you have to be in what they call rodeo attire you have, you have to wear have, the outfit you have to wear a long sleeve button down shirt you have to have a cowboy hat on
0: no kidding mm-hmm. even like with the masks and stuff they put it on top of the helmets now <laughs> no no, okay, no. the riders don't, don't oh okay
1: but like when i'm in the arena
0: doing interviews or i'm
1: judging yeah. something you gotta You're be part of in... the staff mm-hmm.
0: interesting and it's not a lifestyle as much as it is well it is a lifestyle but it it's is. also a character now yeah that's so strange to me
1: 'cause but my dad you, wanted to be a
0: cowboy cuz he grew up in Pennsylvania and he watched But you TV. have
1: to have people. I don't know any of the people at the radio. I know your show. I yeah. know the guys on your show. Yeah. Uh with the expe- I don't know Toledo, but I That's know right. the other guys. You're not missing anything. But in my head when I'm picturing the weekend DJs yeah. and the overnight DJs, I'm picturing 80s rocker yeah. hair
0: and it is concert t-shirts. Yeah. A couple of them, for okay. sure, like yeah. the mullets and the, yeah. and the and the t-shirts that say "My Dad Was Wrong" and like there's a lot of like it's just an attitude that gets strange and I don't know I'm, I've never gotten into that I did a little bit when I kind of didn't have an identity in high school I would dress like what I thought was how you're supposed to look to be cool and that came across ten times worse See that's me.
1: where I'm the worst man oh, I was I was the I, I was the poster child for '80s kids.
0: I have a ton of pictures where I think I was, too. Oh, I was. I, g- I gave up on Painter pants. Days. Oh, I had that.
1: A members only jacket. I had that. Uh, the Ocean Pacific t-shirts. OP.
0: Was that? Varney OP. All yeah. that stuff. Yeah, I, I wore Sun this deck. stuff. Oh, this, this, this town and country. Sign of the Times pictures. I mean, you can tell where I'm from. And then the 90s showed up and I was in turtle. In Arizona, I'm in turtlenecks and pants pulled up to my chest and these Z Cavaricis. And really? Oh, I gave it all a try. I didn't fit in. I didn't know what to do. I, f- I didn't fit in in one group. I kind of got along with everybody. So I, I vacillated in and out of groups until I was like, I'm a t shirt and jeans guy. I
1: was always a generation behind. I was a generation too young. I was always the 15 year old working with the 30 year old bartenders. I had that. That was my life. Yeah. I, w- I started working when I was 12. Everybody I worked with were in their 20s. 12? Twelve? 12. Doing what? I was a busboy. At 12. At the Dragon
0: Inn. In China? Who hired you?
1: <laughs> it was a Chinese
0: restaurant. Was it really? Yes. It wasn't actually... In, so they still... They kept the child labor even yeah. here. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. This is why I'm
1: envious of your show. Yeah. Because I hear you tell stories about you growing up. And oh, I yeah? know they're true. Yeah. Because mine are just as true. Yeah. When you talk about the restaurant business, oh. when you talk about your parents, when you talk about your friends... Yeah. I tell these guys stories about friends of mine growing up that I can't tell... I, I don't necessarily want to, but I... It's different than what I do here. It's yeah. not what I'm here for. Right. But that yeah. is seems like such a liberating It is. I want to be able to tell this and yeah. it's painful, but some of it is
0: so well, it's just funny. you can't make it up. Like life happened around you and you remember it and they're like little core memories that like and that's again that's, that that I don't do it intentionally. Just you're an observer either you are or you aren't. And I just happen to have decent field vision on life where I've seen the absurdities and they kind of sink in. Mhm. And they stay with me, and it, things will spark these old stories. You're like, this is, like, I'm I'm not, it's not me being funny. This is real. I and it's just my ability to tell you about it isn't because I'm so great. This happened, and it's so absurd that it can't not be entertaining. My father
1: died about 10, 10 plus years ago, and I had a really strained relationship. I do an impression on of, him. A, of my dad. Yeah, because
0: they're all dying now. So I just, <laughs> if they're dead, I do an impression.
1: <laughs> well, we'll talk about this off the... <laughs> And we'll see how good the impression yeah. is. It's but it's funny because we mended fences, but it was never father and son right. really. But my mom is still alive, mm-hmm. and our family is in hysterics about what my mom does. And I've told her I'm going to respect you while you're alive.
0: Yeah, but once it's off.
1: once it's once you're gone, what does she do? Uh, I can't. You can't do it. I you got to wait. I can't. Oh my god. Uh, when we're done, I'll tell you one of the stories. But oh, they are can't do it here. <laughs> How could I do it here? You've got an audience. Yeah. Well, when the cameras are on. Oh, it's so good. Because I promised her I wouldn't do it publicly oh. about some of the things that my mother has said. Horrible things. Uh, amazingly, <laughs> embarrassingly. All right. Well, stick around. Great stories. All right. I'll give you one yeah. story. This isn't horrible, but they give you okay. a taste of what my mother does. Okay. So my brother is was, was killed in Iraq. And when you go to my mother's house, she has got a shrine to my brother. Right. I'm the oldest- he's the middle brother my youngest brother is a police captain okay you go to her house and she has a shrine to my brother right huge portrait um uh memorabilia from his career in the military right and when you go into the guest bedroom there is an eight by ten picture of me Uh playing golf (laughs) at the um i can't remember the name of the public course in tempe um, when I first, 1992, when I came out here on vacation, I'm
0: going to guess Ken McDonald.
1: That's the one. Okay. I was at Ken McDonald Golf Course in 1992 playing golf, and someone took a picture. Uh-huh. That's the only picture of me in her house. <laughs> You've
0: done nothing and since it, then. I, and I said to
1: her, <laughs> "I've got a career. I met the president." Right. And I said, "You got nothing." I said, "What? Is, yeah. You know, you got this shrine."
0: it Would have been better if you were just like, a picture of you eating a bowl bullet used rice. Right. Ice. Yes.
1: She <laughs> she looked at me and said, "Die serving your country." Open oh, up a bigger picture. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome that's my mom yeah, okay i get
1: a taste so all right. wow that's a story i can't wrong she's not no but that's the sense of the sick yeah again what like you darkness. said you can't make it up no you she wouldn't was, make it up she said it to be funny yeah but unless you were there you don't get it it sounds like yeah. a mother that's making fun no right. not at all it was yeah. a sarcastic moment
0: and somebody might email and go, I lost somebody in war. That's yeah. not funny. And you just have to realize did you laugh at 10 other things prior to that that right. were equally awful? And we just hit you that day. That's, right. Yeah.
1: And that, for me, is I have to always remember that because out of context, when I tell that story, it sounds like I'm either being disrespectful to right. my mother or my mother, of all things, was being yeah. cavalier about the death of her son. Right. None of that was true. She was making fun of right. me in the most horrible way possible, and we all got yeah. the joke.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. She took the darkness and hit you with it. Yes. And that, to me, is funny right like that's we, we have to do that like dark stuff's all around us so i mean if you can't take it and bonk each other the, the people you trust then there's no reason to try to be it, be cordial it doesn't work uh one last thing
1: i, that we, I know we've probably gone way too long and you got to be somewhere
0: i, I guess but, to go, Um, i'm staying after you go i'm gonna do a couple more podcasts nice yeah.
1: so you and i have um a respect for we know a lot of cops oh yeah and you've got cops that are friends of yours stop by you yep. get to it's one of those things that again that has become so polarizing yeah. in some ways. do you ever get pushback with that from people?
0: Oh, yeah, the police. there are people who I, I you know, and I will tell them like i I am a supporter of the police. um I often say a phrase that people hate, and it applies to police too. I hate all races, I like people yeah um a, a race is not it doesn't uh, make everybody the exact same thing. And I think when you say, oh, they that race does this, you plop everybody into one thing. So I don't like race. I don't like white, black, otherwise, because everybody's an individual. Give them a chance to be themselves. Police are the same. They always say, oh, all the cops, the cops do this. One bad police officer, you know, and it does, it's ugly, it spoils things, and the other cops should be, I have cop friends who know how to handle that better than I do, but the one phrase they always say is, Um, do you have is everybody at your job good at it and i'm like no like very few people are actually really good at your like of your workplace maybe 40 to 50 percent of the people are real crushers at work and the rest kind of straggle and then there's a few that just can't do it that's no different than the police force you're gonna have people who aren't very good at it doing it and unfortunately in their line of work the worst things are possible, but we always have to remember. I don't go to my radio show every morning thinking this might be it. I might, this might be the day my job kills me. Right. And that kind of stress you can't live with. And I know they signed up for it and I'll get people that push, but they know what they're me getting too. into. They know what they're getting the into. And I'm like, yeah, they do. And they do it for us. And we don't have that. I am a coward when it comes to those moments. I will be brave in certain situations, but I know better than to run towards the stuff, and that's a cliche now to say they run towards the danger where we don't, but it's true. And so I admire the, my friends that are police officers, and I've been on ride-alongs that would, me too, grow my hair back and curl it, and then have it fall out all over again. And they took it like they were going to McDonald's. It was amazing to watch these guys in action. So yes, there are bad police officers, like there's bad subway employees, but the majority of these guys are amazing just for wanting to do it right and so I stand by that I understand you can make a mistake and you're gonna have to live with the consequences they're that that greater than almost all of us can imagine uh, but 90% percent or more do a good job every day we don't hear about it and you and I
1: live in a world where we get to deal with people at their best moments yeah you got you have a guest in and some <clears throat> I, when I hear on, on the weekends when you replay things or I go back and listen you great guests they're on it funny comedians yeah. great show. They see people in their worst moments. They see yeah. what the ugliest things that people are capable of doing yeah. to other people, oh, yeah. and they live with it every single day.
0: So, quick story about that. On my ride along, my uh, I, I won't say his name much as I want to because I don't know that he'd want me to. So, I, I'm on the uh, ride along with the the officer, and we're in a bad area of town, and there's a bus stop full of people. West he, side, I'm guessing. It was West side. Was, <laughs> yeah, and so. The bus stop. You could see the bus stop was not happy. The police car had pulled up, and he pops out of the car and he goes, "Stay here." But you know, listen. So I'm standing next to the car. He told me to stay here. We open the trunk and he said, "Stay here." And I'm like, "All right." So I'm standing next to the car. I'm I'm an idiot. I was in t-shirt jeans as normal, but I had a big wallet that I kept pushing like like I got a gun. Like you know, yeah. I was I was nervous in all the bad situations. He walks up to this bus stop, and he is being verbally abused by about five guys. Oh, you come pick on us? Is it all day? Is this all you've got to do? You can come out here to the poor section of town, start barking at us for just standing here. And there was a kid at the bus stop, and behind his back he had a little teddy bear. And he handed it to him, and he said, we're not bad.
1: Hmm. I
0: just want you to know that. And we got back in the car, and he goes, maybe he grows up with that feeling that a cop didn't come up and bother him. A cop came up and did something nice. Yeah. And said, and that's what we have to do. We have to interact with the people that hate us at a new level and show the next generation, hey, we're in this with you. Like, I'm not bad. And those guys shut up immediately. And I was like, oh, all right, I see, I see. No apology, no nothing. And I'm like, there is a, I I can't imagine getting out of my car and being hated immediately. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't actually. I've been in positions where people have done that. But I actually get out of the car. Come do talk radio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I understand that. And they hate you. And then you fix it. Mm-hmm. Immediately, and he didn't do it to make everybody mad. He did it for that one kid, and I told him like, that was pretty amazing. And he goes, "I got to do that at least twice uh, a, a week to stop being jaded."
1: Were you surprised? Because I've done quite a few like you. I've been in parts of town. Were you? Were surprised at the intensity of that job?
0: Oh, insane! As we, much
1: as I thought I knew, I got a brother that's a cop. Yeah. I thought I knew.
0: No idea. And what was crazy was driving <laughs> around in a cop car. Um. You start seeing stuff you've never seen in places you're frequently around. Like we drove by a parking lot. I must have gone by a hundred times. And he goes, in the cop car, you see the scatter. You see the movement differently. They see you differently. You're observed differently than, and your observation changes. And we pulled into the parking lot. And I'm like, I've driven by this a hundred times. I thought it was closed. There's a hundred people just milling around doing nothing. I'm like, I never, I don't have to look for this stuff. So I don't. And it's a like his eye caught this stirring of people at this, uh, it was a hotel on Van Buren, if I remember right. But it was a pl- I used to have to go downtown all the time. And I'm like, I've been by that a million times. never seen a human being in there. He goes, you don't look for it. Yeah. And I'm like, you, you have to seek that. It's, it's, it's horrifying. And brave is kind of overused. I don't see it as brave as much as it is their job. And they're just good people most of the time trying to get through the day.
1: I was doing a ride along, won't use the cop's name, but we were, a call went out. He's, this guy was a sergeant and a friend call goes out about a girl flagging down cars. Oh boy. And so we go, we're close. We said, he takes the call and we go. And it's a girl, pretty young, nice looking girl. And he rousts her, starts talking to her. And immediately she's Crying. I can't believe anybody would say that I'm waiting for a ride. And oh my gosh, why would somebody say that about me? And he was pretty, listen, say my first day on the job. And she's like, oh my gosh. And she's in tears crying. And I'm standing there thinking I'm going to have to testify at your, your hearing,
0: you know, (laughs) I'm going to be on the news. Yeah. This is going to
1: be bad. I'm going to have to testify to this. And for like five or six minutes, what do you do for money? And she said, "Um, I edit YouTube videos. And he goes, no, no, no. How do you make money? Yeah. And she said, I make, I'm making, um, this was during the first election cycle for uh, President Obama. Uh-huh. Um, I make, we make Obama t-shirts was her next story. Okay. And he's like, okay. And he's talking, have you ever been arrested? She goes, no, I've never been arrested. Not here. He goes, have you ever been arrested anyway? Yeah. And she said once in California. And he says, what for? And she says, Prostitution. <laughs> Prostitution. And right away I thought she had me. I would have offered this girl a ride somewhere. Yeah. I would have You'd apologized have dated her. Ten- you might yeah. have anywhere. Yeah. yeah. I might have anyway. You probably <laughs> got in your car and went back.
0: She's still there. Get an Obama shirt and uh... right.
1: So her, and immediately her demeanor went from crying yeah. to now she was just nasty. She mean. And in his face. And his demeanor never changed. Yeah. He warned her, if I see you here again, you're going to jail. Yeah. Walk away and then got in the car and I for, he she had me on the hook. Yeah, I was.
0: You bought it. I bought it. Yeah. Hook, line, and sinker. They, they deal with so much more. I I can't even understand it. Stuff I I don't even want to. It's the reason I didn't sign up for that gig. I can't understand it. And they're, you know what? I admire them beyond belief. They're great. Using your platform to do good stuff. I try.
1: Yeah. Um, your affinity for animals. Yeah. How much money have you raised? I'm oh, going to make you brag. How much money have you raised? Have you made Society other dogs? If, if you lot, had a guess.
0: Uh and I don't want to say I raised it. Okay, you know what I mean. The it's, show has. Yeah, we've talked about stuff, and the people give us money. That's what we do, right? And uh, I don't want to say that I did this. This, no. it's not me. It was I everybody. It. I didn't. You know, I kick in my my fair share. I, it's ooh, we got to be. I don't know. We got to be closing a million, maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The um, it's funny this year because um, I've never played in it, but the golf tournament. Yeah. The laugh. heat stroke open yeah. that got canceled got canceled and how you go after the lawyers oh my god but you're everybody. in a way you're right everybody knows what they're signing up for everybody understands yeah. that it's going to be
0: bla- it's going to be just like the 10th year we've done it and suddenly they're like well we might get sued if somebody has a stroke and I'm like it's in the name yeah it's We're called doing the it at H- 1 o'clock on an August afternoon <laughs> yeah disclaimer that's nope. the point Good. yeah so this year they got worried and the, one of the biggest reasons it got canceled is because we had to do a a some, we had to buy some sort of permit that doesn't even exist in case this was this is a god's honest truth what they were worried about not the stroke so much although that was on their mind what if somebody sh- shows up and starts shooting at us like what is that well i mean we're like if if an active shooter comes through and starts killing people on the course and i'm like if that's you're worried about being sued like something so much worse has happened than you could ever imagine being like. But why hey. would that motivate a shooter? Uh, me, I don't know. Somebody, was, but they were worried. Like, what if the what if somebody just drives a truck and starts killing all the golfers? And I'm like, don't care about lawsuits at that point. We're all done. Like it's it like that's so much worse than thinking. Of, they they act like they were thinking ahead, and then the the it was it was the most. Oh, it was frustrating. Those meetings were so frustrating, and I and I just went off on the lawyers on, and they canceled our tournament this year. We're gonna, we're gonna do it again next year, but they're gonna let you do it again. Yeah, it wasn't because they wouldn't. They, it was somebody wanted thirty five thousand dollars or some seen a number to for cover for insurance them, policy. For insurance policy, and we want and we're like we're not doing it without that. And I'm like, this is bananas. And I'm throwing that number out there. It might have been more. Might have It was close to that. And I just remember sitting there thinking to myself, what are we talking about? Like active shooter comes through and starts plugging our golf course up. I don't think we're even really needing to worry about. Oh, d-, nobody's getting shot and going. Do we have coverage? Like that's not a thought in your head when that goes on. It was the craziest mindset.
1: But the 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 willingness to go. Yeah. And say, all right, here's what happened. They ruined it. They ruined. It. Yeah.
0: And so we did a thing surprisingly on the air. Said, look, we we normally raise, I don't know how much for that thing, quite a lot, and this year we can't do it. And and I said so. Uh, let's show the lawyers that we can still do this. The charity's the one that lost here, mm-hmm. and so let's see what we can do. And within uh, we we have a beer we do with Four Peaks that uh, for that tournament called Chiching Chavez that we sell, and the money goes to the to the charity. Well, we didn't get an opportunity to do that at the tournament, so we're like, how about we do we sell six packs of that beer to you guys, and you buy them, and all of it goes through that. And people in in 21 minutes we uh, we raise seventy thousand uh, dollars, and like that and we're like this is insanity yeah. and and it wasn't us it was people saying you're right i'm t-. what i heard was i'm so sick of this this is my yeah. life too yeah. everything has roadblocks that we're trying to do good mm-hmm. and there's barriers right so we raised all that money in like an hour we were like i can't believe this so it isn't us it was an idea we do and the same thing
1: everybody's fighting about the zone yeah everybody's fighting about how you do this every time we've put the word out <clears throat> St. Mary's Food Bank needs yeah. this. Yep. Someone needs that. We will get an email back from them saying we've gotten so much. We just did a thing yeah. with cash, you know, Central Arizona. Yeah. Um, they did a specific to homeless veterans, a veteran yeah. homeless drive. Got an email back from them that said we raised more money, awesome, than we ever have for this. Yeah, and you think that's not us? It's right. it. But if you vocalize to people, yeah, take the politics out of this. And for you, it's the, this is all this is BS. Yeah. But they just, they want to be a part of yeah. f- pushing back against yeah. the nonsense.
0: Yep, and there's a lot of it. And I often say, I used to get in trouble, the one thing I used to get in trouble for all the time, my old managers used to say, stop talking about other people's charities. Um, because at Christmas time, it be, radio became competitive over who had the better charity. Yeah, And that's not charity, that's business. No. And so I was, I think, I still stand by this, and I don't know if this is against your station. That Christmas Angel program is one of the most beautiful, kind things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's not a—I think KEZ does it. I think Channel 3 does it. I don't even know who's—we're not affiliated. Awesome. You guys do a ton of great things. And if I hear it, I'm like, give to that. Because yeah. if I truly want to help a city I live in— The
1: Phoenix in, Children's Hospital uh, fundraiser Incredible. Do. What, Have you, you ever guys been do there?
0: Uh, no, I haven't. I was there once, and Pat McMahon was there, and they admitted him. They thought he had progeria. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Still doing the McMahon jokes. <laughs> i don't have progeria but they gave me a ton of jello so i stayed for four days no i i have not and i don't know that i could handle it but i listen to you guys do that and i marvel at
1: well uh, and it's the same way it's it's the again it's looking back and saying what can we do we have fun we got great jobs but at the same time how do we use the platform to raise money? some
0: of it's also guilt I haven't worked a day for 23 years. Yeah. Some of it is like, I know I'm not on a roof sweating it out. I know I, my hands are soft. I, I feel a little guilty that this thing I used to get in trouble for in high school is now paying my bills. We. And so there's some guilt involved in saying, I want to give back, but I have to. Like, I have to do something good because it can't all be beneficial. In one direction,
1: there's a pocket up in North Phoenix, um, in an area. The school is called the Palomino School. It's a working class, kind of a working yeah. poor area of town, and there is a St. Vincent de Paul store there at about 20th Street and uh, and Bell. Yeah, and. Every year, they would do a thing with the Palomino School where the kids were brought in on buses, and for a dollar, they could buy any two gifts in the store they could carry out. That's great. And so we would do the show live there in the morning, and they would bring. The, we'd start the show at 6. They'd bring the kids in at about 9. And Caliendo reached out yeah. to me one year and said, I want to come. And he lives in Tempe. Yeah. I just want to come.
0: And it's tough to get him to leave the house at right? all. I know. Wow. And he came, showed
1: up. Walked around for a little while looking at all the stuff. The kids weren't there yet wow. looking around.
0: He wasn't and just looking for discounts on that's stuff. That's what I was that's what I think I was, maybe I was, Frank was <laughs> shopping.
1: For, yeah, for could, a dollar. he for could For five find, bucks he could. <laughs> fill the house. <laughs> so he sat down with me to talk. Yeah. And I said, what do you think? This is amazing. And he had the most horrified look on his face. And he was about to cry. Really? And he said, I can't talk about it yet. Yeah. And we had to talk about funny stuff. Yeah. Because once you face it, once yeah. you see the reality of it, that's tough. I was on with the the president; she is now of Saint of Saint Vincent de Paul. But at the time, she was their PR person. Her name is Shannon. She's one of the she's one of those people that is so nice that when you're around her, you feel like a horrible human yeah. being.
0: Oh, I have that every day.
1: She was telling me on the TV show we were talking, and she was talking about that event. Yeah. And she said a little girl bought an oscillating fan, and so they asked her. Who's the fan for? And she said, it's for my mom. She's going through chemo, and it helps cool her
0: off. Come
1: on. And now I (sighs) am literally blubbering on TV. Yeah. She's crying, telling the story, but I had no idea this was coming.
0: Yeah. Boom.
1: Um, Our fundraiser that we do, of all people, of all people that you would think, my first year here was COVID, so we didn't go to the hospital to do the shows. Right. So we had um, vignettes and things. Well, of all people... From the sports station, Gambo called in yeah. to talk about an experience. Gambo had visited a little girl, and we bring teddy bears. Yeah. And so he brought her a teddy bear. He called back to talk to the dad to check on the girl, and the girl had passed away. Oh. And wanted him to have the teddy bear. What are you doing?
0: You're and like Barbara Walters. He's right telling
1: now. me this story on the air.
0: Oh my God! And
1: I, I was not prepared. Yeah. First of all, I wasn't prepared to cry. Right. But I certainly wasn't prepared for Gamble to make me no. cry. No. Yeah. Gamble making you cry. That's right. And I am literally on the air crying. And like you said, part of it is guilt when you think, "How good is my life? Yeah. That I would complain about anything yeah. when you hear a story yeah, like you that. Gotta stop. You gotta,
0: yeah, smell <laughs> the roses now. Yeah. Now. You know. Yeah. And then there's times when I've been parts of charities, uh, and events and things, and it, you know, it's, when you realize I'm here for a business. And and you kind of locked into something, and then it, it's really depressing. So it it makes you really feel great about the ones that are winners, and occasionally you'll get involved in one. Like we raised seven million dollars once for a marathon thing I was part of, and I won't say with who. They're not even around anymore. And I the the end result was a marathon in Hawaii. Seven million dollars was raised wow. by the by this charitable thing. I hosted the event down in Hawaii. I don't know why they asked me to do it. I felt amazing. On stage for an hour and a half, talking to these people. Phoenix was the biggest donator, so they had. I guess that's probably why they, they, you host it. Uh, this giant uh, place in Kona. and I left the stage after saying seven million, blah 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 dollars. And then I walked off, and I see the people who organized it. I am like, guys, thank you for letting me be part of that. You say that's too bad it didn't win. I am like, it didn't win. And it's like, no, it cost us more to do it. Oh, I am like, it, you had it. It cost you more than seven million dollars to put this together. I am like, yeah. We needed 10. Wow. And I walked out of there depressed, and there's nothing worse than a charity thing that's that huge, and you leave going, ah, didn't cover costs. Yeah. So what did we just do? So yeah. there's a lot of times that I like the grassroots things. I like the small stuff. I like what you guys do with Phoenix Children's, which is go there yeah. and do it. Mm-hmm. And you see the stuff in your hand go to their hand, and that's when I love that. And and it's a beautiful thing, and it's unfortunately a lot of people have kind of hijacked a lot of those things. But when you find a good one a passionate thing i always say that i'm like i don't care if you like my charity find one you do like because i just say the it's, same it's thing great find it's, a place yeah, find a place that you love because there's no better feeling than doing it right and you know and handing over your passion and helping out how will you know when you're done oh i've been
1: done for years mike i no, i'm just I'm,
0: I'm sailing into the sunset um uh, when I, Well, here's the thing.
1: Do you pick a date or do you just know what's going to happen?
0: So when I first started, I said <laughs> I'd do it for 15 years because nobody knows when to quit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then 15 years happened in a blip. And I was like, uh, all right, I'm still having a good time. It seems to still be viable. We're going. So let's do another five. And then that's it. And then that went by in a blip. And my owners and the bosses and stuff were like, we we want to do this and this. And I'm like, all let right, right, I'm still having fun. So I threw it all away. With that whole relevance thing that was ego, a ton of ego saying, "Get out when you're you know before people think you stink, Barry Sanders, oh yeah, Barry Sanders jumped early, and i'm like i didn't want I didn't want to drag on I've seen too many people do that and, and then I started thinking, how important are you? It doesn't matter if you drag on or not. you have an audience, they stay uh and i'm I'll stick around until I don't enjoy it, and you know, and if they want to keep throwing money at me to do it i'll do it, but i I really don't I don't have an end date, I do want to get out." In the next probably five years, really, yeah.
1: See, I, it's funny. I never, I never imagined I'd do this for a living. Love yeah. it so much. Never thought of doing anything else. Yeah. And now I'm thinking. You know, I'm I'm older than you. I'm yeah. 56, and yeah, you so look
0: terrible.
1: I do. I feel horrible. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm going to pick a bone. I got a bone to pick in a moment. Okay, go ahead. One more. I just you made All me right. think of it. All now. right, but. The idea is I know I'm closer to the end than I am the beginning. I don't know when right. that is. I'm making predictions.
0: Dying or the job? Both. Okay.
1: Um, and uh, I'm hoping I die before they fire me. <laughs> that would be easy, right? I, you know, make, that's, it would make my life so much yeah. better. But the idea of... I'm thinking now about what else is, might be next, yeah. and I've never thought about that before. Like, what will I do next yeah. has never been a thought. I've never thought about anything else. So maybe that's kind of the beginning Kinda, of I the I told end. my
0: dad that. He stayed at his job a, a lot later than he needed to. I think he retired. He was like 72. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, like, what will I do next? And I'm like, whatever you want. You've earned this. Yeah. And I said, what you're doing right now, again, it's ego saying I'm too important to where I go every day, That day. They, they'll be fine without you. And that's not to say you're bad at what you do, mm-hmm. but that's how this works. It,
1: but see, I know they'll be fine without me. Yeah. For me,
0: it's... what Will I, you be fine without yeah, this? Well, I, yeah, well, not
1: without this, but without something. Yeah, but you'll find that I'm not the kind of person that would just... I, I won't I won't play golf every day.
0: No. You know, I won't do that. I'm the king of relaxing. Nobody outrests mm-hmm. me. I can kill it. So if I've got nothing to do, I'm in a happy spot. My My want for the future is... To be able to pick up and do things when I want to, I just want to be comfortable enough to do that, mm-hmm. and hopefully I can play the play the the pieces right to where that's okay in a few years that I can sit back and go, all right. If I need to do something, it's something I want to do.
1: So, two things before we end it.
0: One is one this is like morning. the eighth time he said I, one last thing. Because you keep
1: me cause of cause more, I'm and I, such I know a that guest. I know that this is going to be terrible when you talk <laughs> about this. Whenever you do, yeah. because of this part. But okay. I was driving to work one day. Yeah. And I ducked in to get um, orange juice and something at McDonald's. Right. And as I up here at Sixteenth Street and Glendale, yeah. As I'm going through the drive-through, just as I pull up to the window, have my window down, <laughs> you there. say something horrible, <laughs> and the girl on the inside of the window yeah. is is giggling. Yeah. So I text Brady. Yeah. Because you wouldn't give me your phone I never
0: would. You never asked. Yeah, Same I, as you going to my show. Right. You never. You never asked
1: I'd me. I text Brady. And I, I told him, whatever the thing was you said was one of those moments that only you could say. Oh, God. And this girl was laughing hysterically. Good. Right. So right. that's what I text Brady. Yeah. So he must have said something to you. So before I'm out of the drive-thru. Oh, no. You say, what's Broomhead doing at McDonald's? Isn't his blood pressure <laughs> through the roof? Isn't he dying? Well, you <laughs> yeah. told me that once at lunch. Yeah, yeah. I was. And so I, now I'm laughing and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm not joking. I really <laughs> believed I was going to die in my sleep. My blood pressure was 207 <laughs> over 127. That's a stroke. Yes. I went. I woke up and went straight to the emergency yeah. room instead of coming to work. So here I am really afraid of dying in not my sleep. Not that day.
0: You didn't stop at McDonald's first that day. No. So this, this isn't the same day. Okay, go. No, on. no. Right. That day. Yeah, you're not 207 on over 120 and you're going to stop and get right. OJ and right. a right. hash brown. On, yeah one last meal right so
1: you start saying what's he eating at mcdonald's for yeah. he's gonna die and now i'm giggling at myself that i'm dying and i'm still afraid i'm taking my blood pressure four times a day because i was afraid i was gonna die what yeah yeah my blood pressure was that bad that's for while. horrible it was but here i am giggling at this yeah. well good and uh so that was the, i was like only you could make fun of me yeah dying when I really thought I was. At that
0: very moment. At that moment. Well, that's not good. Yeah. But that's not my fault. Yeah,
1: that was, that was.
0: <laughs> you can't blame me for that. That's your bad habits, yeah, man.
1: That, it, well, it wasn't a bad habit. I would grab orange juice. i grab oh, Julia breakfast. That's
0: not. But leading up to 207-120, a few bad habits got you there.
1: Mm-hmm. It was, uh, my it, no, goal. sleep apnea. Yeah, but why? I don't know why. I have something called central, central sleep apnea.
0: No, I know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. But it didn't just I happen. just
1: stopped breathing. Right. Yeah, it does just happen. That's what they said. But what it do the doctors happened. say?
0: What do the doctors the say? The
1: doctors said you stop breathing. Well, said. what do they say
0: to fix it? I have to sleep with the machine. Meh. No, that's a truth. What was the other thing, though. That was it. You know. Pills. Lay off the McDonald's.
1: Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
0: See, you don't want to admit that part. No,
1: no, that part of it wasn't. But I was, this was when I was in the best shape of my life. Oh,
0: okay. All right. So, oh, was it? That yeah. was when that happened. Oh, that's no good. Oh, yeah. See, I didn't know that. I think it yeah. was just because you were chugging on McDonald's no. all the time.
1: All I right. just, I just figured I was dying anyway.
0: hate
1: yeah. <laughs> <Well, I laughs> to tap well that fear, but life. now I know it. Yeah,
0: this is going to be a constant. Yeah. What's I, your BP right now?
1: Oh, uh, normal. No kidding. One 120 over 77.
0: See. But I take
1: five medications a day and I sleep with that stupid yeah, machine. That that thing. I just pretend I'm in Top Gun when I go to bed.
0: That's pretty good. You're Maverick. Yeah, I'm Maverick. Yeah.
1: I just have Maverick written and on And I'm guessing,
0: mask. and I don't know this for sure, that you got a lot of space in that bed with that machine on. I do. <laughs> okay.
1: I do. Because <laughs> the alone. hose, the hose is attached <laughs> to the top of my head. So nobody's sleeping next to no that No one is sleeping no, next to No, nobody's staying Those there. days are yeah, over That's You can't I could. Even if I could get someone to the
0: house. Yeah, yeah, the worst <laughs> part is after it's over, you're like, I'll be right back. And then, <laughs> yeah.
1: then I'm like, uh, what was the movie with uh, with um, Robert De Niro where they were the
0: diver when he was- Oh, yeah. You yeah. were to that Cuba Gooding yeah. Jr. <laughs> I don't know. I think Mike might be dying. I think we got a problem here underwater. Are you going scuba diving? What's going on uh, man, here? I don't want it. to be a date anymore. Yeah, that yeah. was it. Well, I, I wish you the best for that. Yeah. <laughs> so that was
1: hilarious. I just remember giggling, and I'm like, only you. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. And it was 30 seconds after I yeah. texted to Brady.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you told me like right now, Brumet said something yeah. about that. You,
1: it we, was, yeah. but it was something horrible you said that was so funny. Yeah, and it was that perfect timing of the window, the window goes opens. down yeah. and she just started giggling and shaking her head, and I thought yeah. perfect. now she, I, I didn't say it. Yeah. What do you? Oh, well, look at me like that. What am I supposed
0: to do? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm sorry, but not sorry. Also, at the same time. All right.
1: Well, anyway, yeah. I don't remember what the other thing was, <laughs> so we can be done now because that one just I, I remembered you. I never got a chance to. That was the thing. I never got a chance to rebut. Yeah. Because I I couldn't even. Well, text that's the you best part. And
0: call you the biggest. Yeah. Joke. Now you got my number, so you will hit me. I'm sure you'll punch me around. No, I won't. I won't. Why not? I don't
1: know. I just leave you alone.
0: Doesn't bother me. It doesn't. Doesn't bother me.
1: Okay. I I text text Kevin
0: Ray during Suns games constantly while he's calling the game. He texts back, which is
1: shocking. I text everybody back during the show. Yeah. Message and text during commercial breaks. Yeah, it's the best. Um, and uh, so I'm on that that like I know you get them all the time. The most horrible comments and memes from people. Oh my God. Uh, Me and Brett and Brady are on one. All right,
0: load me in. (laughs) I'll take that thread. Because they're... Yeah. I'm sure whatever you guys have shoots <laughs> over to the thread that we have I'm too. sure it does. So it's, yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I know who those people are that when I see it pop up...
0: Oh, you know it's I, good. I, You know it's going I have be... a friend that the second I see that he sent me something, my thumb hits the volume button because I'm going to play it. But yep. if I'm around people, horrible things are about to happen on my phone.
1: I have a, a friend that uh, I'm friends with the dad and the son. I'm right in between. I'm older than the son. I'm younger than the dad. They're both dentists in the same practice. And we're all in a thread. And when I get one in that thread, I know it's safe. Yeah. But when it's just the son, (laughs) I
0: know it's going to be horrible. It's terrible.
1: And he always says, I just, and the guy's got to be 40 years old. Yeah. I just can't send that to my dad. Can't include dad. dad. I can't send that to my dad.
0: My dad and I have gotten into that now where we're pals to send each other horrible stuff.
1: Do you get that from your dad? Do you get any of your?
0: Don't know. The dad I knew is not the dad I know now.
1: But do you get your, you don't, your family, were they funny?
0: Um, no, nah, my dad uh, supposedly was, but not around us.
1: See, my grandfather was the funny guy.
0: My family's funny on my mom's side. My mom's, I don't know that she's funny, but she's got a great sense of humor. Her brothers and sisters are legitimate comedian funny.
1: Before I moved to Florida, when I lived in Northeast Ohio, um, family funerals were all at the same funeral home. And my grandfather would hold court in the basement where the coffee was. And they would have to come down and say to him, Frank. Calm down. Stop. They're mad up there because they can hear you laughing. So everybody's upstairs crying and kneeling in front of the casket. My grandfather's, you know, Don Rickles. He's doing
0: 10 minutes. Oh,
1: and it was, you know, it was really, everybody's. Funeral humor. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, That's how some
0: people handle it. There's nothing wrong with that, but yeah. Time and a place.
1: But yeah, so that was that's how yeah. we handled stuff. Yeah. My brother's funeral was horrible. I mean, nothing like watching your mother go through the loss of a child, but even Ugh. there were moments in that time where we were so... Um, that was the way we dealt with
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, okay. and I'm with you. My family kind of has that too. We we have a dark sense of humor. A lot of comedy in the house, not necessarily by the people, but like funny shows, yeah. TV, comedy albums. My mom liked those.
1: I loved them. I, I remember listening to... The Smothers brothers when I was a little kid.
0: Loved them. Yeah. Yeah. I liked all that stuff. I liked Old Funny. I liked uh like like Richard Pryor and like it was big at my house. My dad loved Red Fox. When my parents when I would go
1: we'd go to bed, my parents would listen, my the friends would come over and they'd listen to Red Fox. Yeah. But we couldn't.
0: No, but you could hear it. We could hear it. Yeah. We would pretend to be asleep.
1: And then go listen. He was hilarious.
0: No, brilliant. When
1: Steve Martin came out with a comedy album. Uh, wild and crazy guy. Was yep. that what it was? 77,
0: 78. Yeah, where yeah. he did
1: King Tut and yep. all that stuff. Yep. We would burn through that stuff. Yeah, and same. It was just hilarious. Yeah, my
0: parents taught me that early. That it's like funny's funny. Just, just don't do it. Yeah. Don't, don't say those words. Yeah. Don't we'll say that in the house. And then, and I just liked watching them laugh. It was a, it was a tension release, right? And that was fun. So
1: making people happy.
0: I think that was kind of why the, the funny happened. Like if I'm funny at all, that's why.
1: Well, you are hilariously funny. Well, I'll stop. All right. Well, listen, I appreciate the time. Thank you, brother. Man. This Any is time. so much fun. Anytime. I'll
0: we'll do it next week. John Tuesday. Holmberg
1: is probably the longest podcast ever. Maybe a two-parter. Seattle. Depending on what they have to edit
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It may be a two-parter or, 30, or 35 seconds of. This is John. He works at yeah. KUPD. Charity's good. Goodbye, and a half Mike. Minutes. Yeah, it could be at the end. All right. Well, thank Thanks. you. Thanks, man. Discover more amazing Arizonans with Mike Broomhead at ktar.com, the KTAR news app,
1: or wherever you get your podcasts.